Well, hello. Welcome to Defeat the Chaos. It is so nice to have you back listening. I'm Julie, and I have got two guest hosts with me today. And I'm trying to read a script. Look, this is real. I'm keeping it real. I'm trying to read a script, and I can't find my glasses. So here's the deal. I'm going to guess. I'm going to try and remember it from the jump. So Defeat the Chaos is a show about the highs and lows of being an entrepreneur, whether you're looking for direction on how to be more successful, or if you're just looking for someone to share in the struggles, this is the place for you. And today's show is going to be fun because here's the deal. Cheryl Devon is back with me. Obviously, everybody knows that. Sean Fogarty is here. And if you're wondering who the fuck is Sean Fogarty, let me tell you who Sean is. Sean, Cheryl, and I all went to school together in this tiny little town called Belle Plaine, Minnesota. And Sean is this phenomenal accountant. I'm going to let him give his own bio because he's probably more than an accountant, but that's he is the accountant for SB Pace and Certivium, and he helps me with my personal taxes, and he's brilliant. And he listened to our episode on 87,000 Reasons to be Angry, and he sent me an email explaining to me why hiring all of those IRS tax agents may not be that bad of an idea. And so I thought, why don't you come on the show and we'll talk about this? So Sean is, he's brilliant. He is a, I, I mean, I went to church with Sean. I've, I've known Sean forever. And this, I think, will be very educational. He's very good at tax code. So we're going we're gonna to talk about, we're going to talk about taxes. We're going to talk about the IRS. We're going to talk about if we have 87,000 reasons to be angry or not. But before we get to that, Julie's got a rant and rage about just one thing. Are y'all ready for it? So you've, you, you've got a reason to be angry today. Is You've got one reason at least. I do. And it might be that I can't find my glasses. Do you need a seeing eye blonde? Oh, I found them. They were just behind my screen. That's why I couldn't see them. I am happy to help. <laughs> yeah, thank you. So, hey, Sean, how you doing? Awesome. And and I was just going to say, I think you have 20, 2,100 reasons to be angry for sure with 2,100 of the 87,000 being armed agents. Ooh, all right. We're going to get into that. Hold that thought. Excellent. Yep. Yeah, hold, hold that hold thought. It. Because before we go there, I really want to talk about, I know, Cheryl, we have talked about this before. You and I have had this conversation before. I have talked about this with other friends. I am highly, highly confused over this whole, like the whole, like apparently this whole, you know, outrage over Roe v. Wade continues, I guess. It's probably, I, th I think a lot of people are going to vote in the midterms regard, you know, because of this, but there is a, there was a petition signed at Google. Six, over 650 Google employees signed a petition seeking more generous abortion tourism benefits from the technology company. Google's wait, wait, abortion tourism? Yes, because you know, now there's like all of those, so many companies came forward and said, hey, if you need to travel, if you live in a state that has banned abortions and you need to travel to another state to get an abortion, we'll pay for that, right? They're going to pay for the travel. Uh, so this is now it. called- I've, I've never heard of it. <laughs> yes. Tourism. It's, it's, you know, are you are you touring the, the womb as as the, the fetus is being violently extricated from the woman's body is- I don't is, know. Is that the I that doesn't sound like a Disney ride I'd want to be on. Me either. Let me let me let me finish this. Let me finish this little snippet here and we're going we're going to dive into this. So Google's chief people officer 
um, told the staff that the firm would cover out-of-state abortions and allow employees to apply for relocation without justification. Nevertheless, Members of the Alphabet Workers Union endorsed a petition demanding that the company expand the benefits to temporary employees, vendors, and contractors. And among other policies, the petition calls for seven days of additional sick time because workers will need to travel for significant periods to obtain health services. I got to go back to it. I'm going straight back to the question that I've asked so many times before. How many people are getting abortions? Like how, like what? Apparently everyone. What the hell? You know, you've never had one, Sean, or or I haven't. No. Are you, are you looking to, you know, take an abortion tour? It's a small world after all, apparently, according to the people of Google, but um, you know, do we sing songs and hold hands as we go through this? I am all like, listen, I, I, I don't care. Like, do what you want with your body. I don't. But why? Why are companies being held hostage over this? And why? Why don't people understand? And I know I, I know we've talked about this, Cheryl. Why don't people understand that when your company is offering to pay for you to trap the abortion tourism industry? Yeah, exactly. It's you know. because they want you to get an abortion so you don't miss work time because People without children are a lot easier to employ than people with children. Absolutely. It comes down to bottom line. They're working with you, but it sounds like people are getting entitled and greedy. I mean, they want they want benefits to people that don't technically work there in the company. <laughs> Apparently, um, if, if I wanted to petition my dog, my 18-year-old female cat who's already been spayed could get tourism benefits this is insane i i I don't under i don't understand and let's let's see how how the state of california responds right (laughs) (laughs) let's go let's go to crazy town and get uh get their ideas on this now with that being said the entire state is not insane i get that most of it that well there are there are pockets of crazy town that they just haven't escaped yet or they're still holding on to the belief that somehow they can take it back. I don't believe that, but you know, kudos to them for for fighting hard. I'm I'm for the cause. Um, uh, yeah, you're you for know, the cause. No, I'm for the cause. The, the the cause of of taking California back and actually making it a viable state once again. Oh, I I have long wished. And listen, this might sound. This might sound extreme, so okay, you know, just brace yourselves. I'm all for it. I have been hoping for a, a, an earthquake that literally just goes right around, right along the state lines of California and Oregon and Washington, and just dumps them into the fucking ocean. I used to, but I've decided it's 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 not the landscape. The landscape is beautiful, and there's a lot of things that are beneficial in the landscape. It's the little parasites that are living on the landscape. And I have, I have some terrible dreams and fantasies about how to eradicate that problem, which will probably land me now not 87,000, but 2,100 armed 
um, agents on my doorstep, which is is a lot easier for me to see on the ring door cam. And they can probably fit better on my doorstep than 87,000. But they'll probably show up in my house. You know what we need? We need a giant, giant broom that we can just push and just sort of push everybody (laughs) into the ocean. I, I wish I had the Death Star. I really do. <laughs> I, I would come in as blonde Vader and, and you know how you're not supposed to put people down. You'd lift them up. I would do it Darth Vader style. I really would. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't, man, I don't know. All my friends, my friends and family that live out in California and, and Washington state. I'm like, I don't understand it, man. I don't understand it at all. But that's my that's my rant is, you know, the the audacity of people now to just start demanding like we need more time. We need it's more. entitlement. Oh, it's so it's it really is. It really is. We've 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 let it we've taken it too far now. You want to know what I think has been taken too far? I have a rant. Oh, no, I want to hear. I'm here for it. It's not as maybe it's not as relevant to everyone as the Google or the IRS, but it's relevant to me. And I know that there are other people that it will be relevant to. Have you ever stopped and thought about Loch Ness Monster? Not since like fifth grade. Would you like to? Because there is a theory now as to what the Loch Ness Monster truly is. And I've seen the photos. There's an argument that can be made for it. Whale penis. I've heard this before. I've heard this before. Honest to God, there is a Scottish uh, zoology professor who put this forth. And when you look at it, the whale penis coming up, reaching the surface, it kind of does that curved neck look to it. And it looks very much like the classic photo. Now, apparently he is getting some backlash and he has since said it was a joke But I don't know, because apparently whales are kinky little shits and and it's a group sex type of a thing. And when the female is busy with one, the others, for whatever reason, don't understand it. This I would like to figure out as well. They breach the surface with their their whale dicks hanging out and it people are thinking it's sea monsters and in kind of a way. It is kind of is. So I, I, I don't I don't know. Does that explain? Does that explain the phenomenon? I want to believe that Loch Ness exists because I believe if Loch Ness doesn't exist, Bigfoot doesn't exist. And I need Bigfoot, them. But Bigfoot is real. Yeah. So is, so is Loch Ness monster. I don't, I don't it think. Is, well, because how many pods of whales are you finding in the lock? You're not. So that doesn't explain the sightings there. I get it out in the deep sea that, you know, random floating blue whale dick at the surface. That's going to look a little bit like a sea monster. I don't know. But I, I'm more concerned about why the scientist that put that claim out is is feeling enough pressure that he had to retract that statement. Who is sending the dick pic professor death threats to make him why 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 do people why can't people have opposing viewpoints and arguments without people getting 
all bent out of shape anymore and wanting to fight and argue to the death. I don't. I, Over a whale penis. I think this is the most times that probably whale penis has been said on a radio show in a very long time, if ever. Yeah, think, I, I, I think whales were, I probably were crossed a line. I thought whales were, were monogamous creatures. Uh, that's interesting. And how about yeah. aliens? I, I think aliens exist. I don't, I don't know. Kind of along the same line. Illegal or extraterrestrial? <laughs> extraterrestrial. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Because we, we know the illegal aliens are alive and well. Um, the, yeah. the extraterrestrial is, is where I'm looking. Um, my husband works with them. I'm certain of it. But he will neither confirm nor deny. So. But that, that's a whole, see, I've just gone down a rabbit hole that I probably, or, or maybe a black hole, a vortex that we probably shouldn't have gone. Because I don't know, I don't know how it pertains to small business, unless you're in maybe the ambergris industry. I don't know. I, I don't know. You know what I've been thinking about, though, is all of those things that as kids, we spent way too much time worrying about that never, like, didn't need to be worried about. Or that we spent way too much time trying to learn that didn't need to be learned, right? Like this? Like, no, well, I, you know, you said Loch Ness Monster and I was like, I never really worried about the Loch Ness Monster, but I did spend a lot of time worrying about quicksand. I can't be the only person who thought they were going to suffer death by quicksand. I didn't until doing the MR340. Quicksand is real, but it works differently. It works differently than you think. Well, if you watched Gilligan's Island as a kid, you had a concern. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's true. Look for it in the cow pasture. I didn't find any. <laughs> it is on the river sandbars. I promise you yeah. that. And there are no vines to grab hold of, nor Marianne with a coconut cream pie to save your butt. <laughs> That's funny. So um, we are, you know, heading up close to a break. And when we come back, we're going to dive into that, you know, eight, those 87,000. IRS agents that are, I have questions that are, I have questions as well. And I have, I have, you know, I, I'm not going to lie. Uh, since the news broke that they were, you know, there's 87,000 agents included in this, in this, you know, package, the inflation reduction act, which we have now know is not going to reduce inflation. And they're not even calling it that anymore. Right. No, they're it's calling climate it the and health now climate yeah. and health package. But I ha- I cannot be the only person who has been like, shit, like, I, I, I got, I, I got to, I got to, I got to clean up some shit, man. I don't need, I don't need an IRS agent <laughs> at my door. Yeah. I've got an appointment on Thursday, you know, because I, I don't have enough space for 87,000 people. What am I going to feed them? You know? Well, I, that's why I had asked when we initially did the show, like, do you trust your accountant? Do you got him on speed dial? Because I, I feel like we're going to need them. Well, yeah. And I feel like a lot more pressure has been put on accountants, CPAs with all of this, right? Like, you know, when I ask people, are you getting like, I talked to a, an accountant last week who I just was doing like a network connection with. And I was like, are you getting a lot more calls from people? Cause they're like concerned. And she's like, no, she's like, I don't even know what you're talking about. I was like, do you, wow. do you, do, do you own a television? <laughs> All right. We got to go to break. And when we come back, we are going to have Sean Fogarty, much more front and center, talking to us about why we're wrong 
to be angry about 87,000 agents. We'll see you on the other side. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Hey, everybody. It's Corey and Julie from Defeat the Chaos. Our show on the Voice America Business Channel is for small business owners, entrepreneurs, and winners. If you're a loser, scram. Yeah, scram losers. Defeat the Chaos hits on the struggles of what it's like to be an entrepreneur. We celebrate the wins and we dissect the losses. And unlike most boring business shows, we aren't that. We like to have fun. We have informative guests on. We talk about current events that affect small businesses. And there's plenty of gambling talk because risk and owning a small business go hand in hand. Oh, and we record live so there's no editing or production if we screw up, which we do. So join us every Thursday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel or catch the replays whenever you have time. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Cheryl Devon here with Defeat the Chaos. And our hostess with the most is Julie Traxler. Uh, Talking with Sean Fogarty today is our guest who is a tax professional. In fact, we'll let him, we'll let him sing his own praises, but he's going to explain to us why we should not have 87,000 reasons to be angry with the IRS. How are you, Sean? Awesome, Cheryl. Well, first of all, I'm a enrolled agent and I have spent a lot of time studying tax resolution work in the past few years as part of my continuing education. So Um, There are 775 current clients in my boutique tax practice, and which is located in central Minnesota, but I file in 15 states. Um, And the reason why you don't have 87,000 reasons to be angry is because only 2,100 of the 87,000 will will actually be carrying firearms as part of the special uh, division for criminal enforcement. Um, can I pause you? Can I can I pause you? Why does anyone yep. from the IRS need to have a gun? Why? There's a there's a criminal division that focuses on uh, you know obviously organized crime. I remember Al Capone. Uh, actually, the reason they got him to go to jail was was tax evasion. It was not the fact that he murdered many people. Um, so so that that was. But but really, when people talk about going to jail for tax evasion, it's not it's very rare. Um, there's just a lot of collection work that needs to be done and the IRS needs to modernize. So right now, um, their their funding is 20 percent below 2010 levels. And um, 
it's there's just a lot going on with cryptocurrency, cybercrime, uh, people not reporting their income, bribery and kickbacks in foreign countries, all these special things, tax shelters. I could go on and on. Let me know what you ladies would like to talk about. So why, but why do they need to be armed? I mean, is there still an Al Capone component to this? You, you In your own words, you said it, it's very rare for a situation to be like that. And, and they put on their website, which over the past couple of days, they've quietly taken that away, but we've seen the footage for the training and we saw the original post that they are looking for people who are willing to be armed and willing to use deadly lethal force. Do we really need 2,100? Yeah, I don't care if it's 87,000 or 2,100 armed agents bursting through a door. And, and by the way, if that's their training, oh, Lord, they are not <laughs> well prepared to go ahead and use deadly lethal force. But is there an, I mean, do we have a mafia component we need to worry about still? I think, I think some level of organized crime does exist in our country. Um, I, I have to, I speculate that the 2100 are working in conjunction with the FBI, the CIA, other entities that trustworthy entities yeah. no less well, let's, yeah. well, so let's let's take a let's take a step back because one of the things so how this you know came to be and i, I honestly i can't remember if i mentioned this at the top or not sean sent me an email with all these points of here's you know here's things you need to consider and one of the things that you talked about in that email sean was how far below like during covid what the actual production of the IRS was versus what it was prior to that and what it needs to be, right? So regardless of if we like the thought of paying taxes or not, which I'm pretty sure everyone is against, there is, it is part of our obligation as citizens. We pay, we are required to pay taxes. There needs to be a division that collects those taxes Talk about those numbers, Sean, because I thought those numbers were really impressive and important. Yeah, the numbers that I've seen are 40, 40 to 50 percent of the collection. The collection efforts were reduced by 40 to 50 percent during COVID because of the fact that they cannot they didn't have the in-person component. And the IRS isn't as technologically advanced as other uh, parts of the world, let's just say. I mean, the government's behind in, in technology upgrades. There are four divisions of the IRS, uh, large business and international, small business, self-employed, tax-exempt in government, and the fourth division is wage and investments. The small business self-employed division, the one you mentioned in the last, in, in your 87,000 episode, that division is focused upon businesses with less than 10 million in revenue. Now, uh, most of the businesses I deal with are less than $2 million in revenue. And then I want to talk about the stratification of the IRS releases numbers on how they audit. And they do focus upon anyone over $10 million of income. They audit at a rate of around 8%. Okay. Now, people around $1 million of gross income and above, they're audited about 2.5%. And then people at from 400,000 to a million, they're audited at about 1%. And 
everyone else, which includes me, I'm under $400,000 gross income a year. You have about a half a percent to 1% chance of being audited. And what is the primary reason for being audited? The primary reason is unreported income. And the IRS has specific, they've got their audit technique guide. And also they focus on non-filers. I mean, that's a big deal. If, If we could just get everyone to file and pay some tax, can you imagine how much easier this would be? Um, Could I play a little devil's advocate with you for a second? Sure. What about what about the people who are not filing? Because um, according to the recent stats that I've just looked at, um, including in a New York Times article just in the past week, there are still people waiting for their refunds mm-hmm. from two years ago. Mm-hmm. Now, it, with these 87,000 new agents, um, from what I understand, I think the stats said that we're at the same number of, of people in the IRS that we were, that we had back in 1977. They need to update and modernize. They're expecting 50,000 of those agents to retire. With those 87,000, are they finally going to step up to their responsibility to give those refunds back that we as American citizens, we filed our taxes, we did it, we earned that refund. I mean, it was our money to begin with. But are they actually going to, instead of just, you know, looking to make us own our responsibility to pay in and file, are they going to step up to their responsibility to give those refunds back now in a timely fashion? They're definitely, they definitely talk about that and they commit to wanting to do that. Just recently, uh, in the past two months, I've seen a lot of 2020 refunds come through that were held up. So I want to believe they're catching up. I mean, they're releasing numbers uh, monthly on how far behind they are. There's still millions of tax returns behind. It's it's truly ridiculous. Uh, but but with with more and more people e-filing, um, if we can get our country up to like a ninety to ninety five percent e-filing rate, then these audits will be automated, and they can the algorithms in the IRS can catch, you know, if if I 1099 Julie and she doesn't put it on her tax return, they should catch that very quickly in yeah. an automated fashion. Um, then guess who's getting audited? Of, <laughs> yeah. Congratulations. But, but, but Julie. Julie, but if I gave Julie 1099, I'm positive she'd report it. Always. I, I always, I report all my income. Always. She, she is very honest. So don't show up on is. her doorstep. Well, don't, don't it, come with a gun. It, it, it's interesting that, you know, the, so, it almost makes me feel like all of the, and we're going to need to discuss this further, but all of the hype and the noise and the like outrage over the 87,000 agents is a little misinformed and premature. Well, I wouldn't necessarily say that. You, you do have a right to be a little upset. I don't know how many people does it really take to do these audits? That's the question. Well, that was a number that Julie brought up the other uh, the other day in a conversation that she and I had as well. Wasn't it that you only need what? Oh, they were they actually said if they when they hire all of these agents, 87,000 additional staff members, that it literally would it's enough for 
um, every person to only have to focus on 22 returns a month. So that leaves a lot of spare time. (laughs) Yes. To go hunting with their, you know, their new pistols, apparently. Well, I mean, the the tax that the IRS is now bigger than like almost every other department combined in the government. That's true. That's scary the, to me. I think the only department it's not bigger than right now is the DOD. Yes, I I, I think you're correct. All the other ones combined. You're talking correct. FBI, CIA, State Department. Like this, it, it this is significant. And you know, never mind that I'm like, where are they going to find eighty seven thousand people to work? Right? Like nobody can find <laughs> no, the local restaurant can't get a, you know, a part timer to stay. So uh, where is the IRS going to get all these magical people? But I just heard yesterday that they start them off at seventy five thousand dollars a year. And then each year they get an increase. And after like seven years, they're at like one hundred and seventy five thousand dollars a year. Well, God, no wonder they have to come after all of us. Who's paying their salaries? Hello, it's us. <laughs> that 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 seems that seems very very. That's that's a lot of that's that that that's a nice salary for the IRS. Maybe we should I apply. Realize, I didn't realize the pay was that high. Wow. That's yeah. I just heard that just yesterday or the day before. I heard that. So so we've got so we've got the you know they 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 have obviously they have a backlog. Right. And like one of the you one of the other things that you mentioned to me, Sean, was that there's like a lot of like illegal and tax and complicated tax shelters that go on with people. And that's part of the reason. And and cyber crime versus cyber cream, which is I'm like, that sounds like (laughs) that's a that's a story for my my whale theory. Right. So let's talk a little bit about those two things. Sure. Um. First of all, there's billions of dollars flowing into cryptocurrency. Uh, There's 8,600 exchanges worldwide, and the IRS is hesitant, uncertain. They don't have a concrete game plan as to how to go after the unreported crypto income. Uh, So that's one area I want to talk about. Um, There's uh, the 2018 numbers, 600 billion in cybercrime, which continues to increase. Um, these people are very smart. They're, they're doing all kinds of crazy things online. Um, and then there's, uh, oh, and I, I want to say on the cyber, on the, on the crypto exchanges, um, the, the IRS actually has something called uh, Operation Hidden Treasure. And that's, I got to believe some of these agents are allocated to Operation Hidden Treasure to go after this, the crypto situation. And then there's 200 tax attorneys they hired in January, February 2022, and those tax attorneys need support. They're going after illegal tax shelters. And how these illegal tax shelters develop is these crooked attorneys and other professionals go across the country. They fill hotel rooms with people explaining, hey, I've got a new tax shelter. Here's how you set it up. And then they set them up for people. And they make a lot of money doing it. And so the IRS is chasing these people. And honestly, I don't have much experience in this in the uh, tax shelter, illegal tax shelter, because that's for really high income folks. Uh, but it does it, it, it's a it's a large component of 
what they're going after. So, um, so it's more like, you know, pyramid scheme kind of things. Yes, definitely. And then of course there's other types of crime. There's more, more people have worldwide income. So there's people with foreign income and in the U S people with foreign income are supposed to report their foreign income, no, no matter where it's from. And that's an issue that's been, uh, a problem for a long time. People think they can move to a certain jurisdiction and avoid tax. And unless you change your citizenship, you can't avoid the tax and renounce your U.S. citizenship. I mean, there are people that do that. So if I very famous. So if I moved to, let's say, Aruba and started to make money there, I still have to file my U.S. taxes because I'm still a U.S. citizen. Correct. So offshore banking, none of that makes makes a difference. Now, if you have dual citizenship, how are you affected that way? I know technically in the U.S. you're not supposed to have dual citizenship, but there are are people that that do have it. I know of uh, several Canadian friends of mine and colleagues that have dual status, triple status in some cases. How? How does the U.S. justify going after that income if, you know, it, it, Canada can't go after it or Germany can't go after it? How, I, I, don't, I don't understand how this works. It's very complicated to me. It or is, is that something we should, should talk about maybe in the next segment? Definitely. Yeah, let's talk about it. Let's we gotta we gotta go to a break here. Let's talk about it in the the next segment, and then let's dig into. You mentioned something. I, the IRS has something. I can't even remember. I should have wrote it down when you were talking about the tax shelters, and where I'm like, I, what is that? I want to know more about this. That like they're hidden something something hidden so, treasures hidden it's treasures the division all right the well, division of the IRS. We're gonna get to that when we come back right after the break. Stick around. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Hey, everybody. It's Corey and Julie from Defeat the Chaos. Our show on the Voice America Business Channel is for small business owners, entrepreneurs, and winners. If you're a loser, scram. Yeah, scram losers. Defeat the Chaos hits on the struggles of what it's like to be an entrepreneur. We celebrate the wins and we dissect the losses. And unlike most boring business shows, we aren't that. We like to have fun. We have informative guests on. We talk about current events that affect small businesses. And there's plenty of gambling talk because risk and owning a small business go hand in hand. Oh, and we record live so there's no editing or production if we screw up which we do. So join us every Thursday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel or catch the replays whenever you have time. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. 
All right, welcome back. We've got one segment left for Defeat the Chaos, and we are going to continue to talk about taxes. And I'm going to tell you something. After this episode, I don't think anyone can say taxes are boring because this is good stuff. Sean this is, is very important. Sean is dropping some knowledge today. All right, we were talking about what were we talking about? Hidden treasures that the IRS is the pirate division of the IRS. <laughs> That's how. That's what I'm hearing. I expect them fully to be investigating hidden treasures with a oh, with right. a Jack Sparrow yes. captain's hat and a monkey and eye patch. We were well. We actually hadn't got in, into the pirate division of the IRS. We were talking about um, citizenship. So. Like oh, dual yes. citizenship. Oh, now I don't know if Sean is an expert in in that and can talk to that. And if he can't, we're going to jump right to pirate pirate division. Yeah. Yes. Well, I mean, there are certain there are famous people that have moved to different jurisdictions. Like, for instance, I believe Tina Turner renounced her U.S. citizenship and is a, a citizen of Switzerland for obvious reasons. Um, she's a very wealthy woman. Um, there's been other famous stars that have done those sort of things um, to avoid taxes. Um, but tax avoidance cannot be their reason for renouncing their citizenship. It has to be for other reasons. I believe Tina said, you know, she enjoys the, uh, you know, the Swiss culture. Uh, <laughs> she's got. She's got a very uh, young boyfriend. Apparently she's enjoying that too. So. Yes. And I, I believe he may be, I mean, he, she met him over there, probably on a ski slope. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. He's, she's got a souvenir now. I'm so. telling you, I am here for this conversation. This is very funny. Okay. So you can't just decide you're not going to be a U.S. citizen because you don't want to pay taxes. Right. That seems. Right. And, yeah. Yeah. And, and, uh, and, and, t- but other countries, you know, there are countries that have lower taxes and there are countries that have higher taxes, obviously. And, and uh, you know, when, when you're a U.S. citizen, other countries don't tax like we do. We tax based upon citizenship and others tax based upon uh, tax home. Um, so worldwide tax law varies and there are people that specialize in that. I know a guy I went to college with that he's over in Asia specializing in that kind of work. Obviously, uh, you know, Japan, China, these places have huge businesses, very wealthy people. Uh, some of them started in the U.S. and maybe maybe they're not, you know, I know people living in Singapore working over there that uh, their taxes get really complicated really fast. Um, and at some point, if you decide you're not coming home to the U.S., what do you do? You say, yeah, maybe maybe you moved over there and at a young age, maybe you got married over there to a, you know, to someone who's a citizen of uh, China or Japan. And, and suddenly being a U.S. citizen isn't important anymore because your family's there. I mean, you've lived there for years and at some point you got to pull the pin and, you know, change, change countries. So. Yeah. Let me, let me ask you this. I know from like state to state, at least here where I am, um, we're so close to the border of Missouri and Kansas that there's a lot of overlap. Now, one state will charge taxes, even if you don't live, let's say I live in Missouri, but if I worked in Kansas, Kansas state is still taking some of my earnings because I, I earned it in their state. Is, is that something that the, the U.S. does on a federal level? 
with individuals that may, like in the case of Tina Turner, she renounced her U.S. citizenship, but she's still in the U.S. earning income. Can they still, can they still tax her that way? I can't speak to how Tina pays her taxes. But, <laughs> but um, anyway, she I, wants to. But state tax law is very complicated. I mean, I lived in Nevada for five years and it was beautiful being from Minnesota and being used to paying 6% of my income in taxes. Suddenly my state tax is zero. Um, unfortunately, I enjoyed giving that money to the casinos. Oh, I hear, I'm here oh! for that. Um, even even though I really thought I'd get some of it back, but it, it never came back at the level that I was hoping. Um but getting back to your your Missouri Kansas thing, I do I I am an expert in Missouri tax law, um, and I I do some very complicated Missouri tax returns. There are st- certain states that, that have reciprocity with other states that surround them, and that affects the state tax law. Um, um, I if if I was a person, everyone that's scared of the IRS, I always say this to them: I am more scared of Minnesota revenue than I am of uh, the IRS, and I am more scared of sales and use tax enforcement and liquor tax enforcement than I am of anything. I mean, if, if I owned a bar or restaurant and I had a compliance issue with with my liquor tax, I'd be very concerned about that. I mean, they can really put the screws to you. Yeah, they can ruin I've your business. Action, yeah, yeah, they can put you out of business. I have always found, and I will say this, that um, I have never had a bad conversation with the IRS, right? And I have put myself in some sticky situations throughout my adult life. And um, I have always found that if you do what you say you're going to do and you are polite to them, they are very kind. They're very willing to work with people. And I've always had really great experiences with them. I truly have. Do I want my IRS agents armed? No. Do I want them to show up at my door? No. No. But I don't mind calling the IRS, but I just, I don't, I don't, all that other stuff. I'm like, that feels a little like that's too close. Like, let's not do that. I want to be on record as a enrolled agent saying that I agree with you hundred percent, Julie, the IRS is super nice people. I talk to them quite frequently and I love them all. Yeah. But I've um, never had a bad experience with them. And and I mean that um, sincerely. I do too. I'm, I'm laughing, but yes, they, they are easy to work with. Now, getting through the phone lines has been a problem. Um, the answer rate that I saw last year, and again, this data might be a little dated, 11%. I mean, that's horrible. Um, wow. So many, wow. So that, many people awesome. calling. They have automated the refund lookup process so that now you could only look back one year. Now you can look back three years. That's making a massive difference. 776 million people have called that ref- have called the refund line or looked up their taxes online on mm. on the refund portal so that's that's a lot of hits yeah um, yeah so, so maybe they should be be you know putting those people on phone lines well, or behind sounds computer like terminals it. instead of arming them and they need to we need to up well there's only out of the 87,000 2100 yeah. yeah but they they definitely need to upgrade some technology let's talk about the pirate division of the IRS i'm very I curious am very about that i'm interested Yes. Okay. Operation Hidden Treasure. Um, not sure which year it started. I believe it was 2018 or 2019 when the crypto uh, tax section of the tax law got updated. Um, and that 
So there's 8,600 crypto exchanges worldwide, and they're focusing on the billions of dollars flowing through those exchanges. And particularly anyone that's traded more than $20,000 worth of Bitcoin, Ethereum, whatever it might be, they want to make sure those people have reported it. They've summoned uh, the Coinbase, I believe, was uh, one where they requested the records and they've been they've gone through them significantly. And that division, I'm sure they're way behind. I don't have data on that. Um, but I have had uh, clients get letters on unreported crypto. Um, and any unreported income is a problem, but crypto particularly, um, there, it's just an area that's ripe for corruption. Interesting. Uh, yeah. I know they're trying to do better at regulating it. Um, so that that feels like the right place to have the the pirate the pirate division. division. Yeah, that really, really I I want to see them sailing in with the the black flag and making those illegal crypto people walk the plank. I would it, like to see that. Was it you that just sent me a pirate ship for sale and told me to buy it? Yes, it's <laughs> in the lower Potomac in Virginia and I think it would make a great Airbnb or a permanent home. It's a houseboat. <laughs> now, would that fall under the pirate division of the IRS, if Julie were to indeed purchase this pirate houseboat and turn it into an Airbnb, it's it's floating in many different waters. How does the IRS go about taxing her income when she's floating the high seas? Okay, first of all, if Julie did buy a pirate ship, I would advise her to make it her personal residence. Um, and then... You know, as the part-time business, the Airbnb, obviously she'd report that. And I would report it as Virginia income. Uh, I'm assuming she would probably dock mostly in Virginia. Um, now, I don't she know. Docking, She's a wild gypsy heart. She is. Okay. Okay. Then then that it gets complicated. Then where, where do you report the income? Uh, I mean, if it's going to be docked down in Florida, well, Florida is a tax-free state. Um you still have to report. You still have to pay federal taxes, but she could potentially avoid state tax. Hey, Sean, uh, at least that reminds. Me, this is. A, I gotta. I'm, I'm curious now. So you know, since COVID hit, a lot of people like they sold their homes, they moved into motor homes, and they were, you know, just they're traveling and they're they're much more, you know, no, they're they're nomads, right? Really, they really don't have a permanent residence, like in a state. How do those people file taxes? They have to declare a tax home somewhere. And I realize that there has to be a place that's their tax home. They can't say it's it's the road. They have to declare a state. But most of those people will declare a state. I mean, if you're truly on the road, you're going to declare Nevada, Florida, somewhere where there's no state tax. But then you're supposed to be in that state at least 183 days or in states that don't have tax 183 days. Uh, to, to avoid the state tax. 183 days is basically... Half a year. Six yeah, months. Half a year. But but there's so many people right now that, that are doing that whole gypsy thing, living, yeah. you know, they've converted their vans. What do you... You can't tell somebody they have to stay in one spot for six months. How does this work then? I mean, technically, they should be keeping track of where they are. Um, but... But I mean, that when they file federal taxes, chances are they're declaring a state that doesn't have taxes. So it's not a, it's a non-issue for taxes. 
But I don't I don't know what they're doing for work, but they're paying federal taxes for sure. Oh I yeah. Mean, so federal taxes doesn't matter where you live, you're paying the yeah, you're the taxes exactly. is taxes is tax. So it's really just on the state side, and most people are probably declaring their tax home as you know a tax free state, you know, and then just going from there. That's what I would do. Seems there you have it. Seems very seems- smart to me. Mm-hmm. All right, why? We, oops, go why ahead. Sorry. Not, why are we not at a flat tax? Why? Why are we even worrying about? all these complicated state taxes, why is it so difficult for the federal government to just impose a single flat tax and then you cover all of these traveling nomads and everyone else? I love the idea of the flat tax. My whole industry, though, I would love to find something else to do and go to a flat tax. But in 1955, the tax code was 929 pages. Right now, it's 6,600 pages oh and God. increasing all the time. Um, it's ridiculous. I mean, I, I'm just an enrolled agent. I have a four-year degree in accounting. I've spent half of my life studying this stuff. But, you know, there are tax attorneys that specialize in very nuances of the tax law they specialize in. Um, Crypto is an emerging uh, niche for me that you know, I'm helping people. There are people in my business that are scared of crypto. So I'm helping people uh, get comfortable with that because their tax preparer told them they don't want to handle that. Um, Farm tax is another area that's complicated because farmers and fishermen get special uh, treatment. I want to go into real quickly, the IRS has an audit technique guide and they mention specific industries that they, they hit on. Okay. And so if you're in these industries, you can actually go and read what what they're looking for and help help you try to avoid it. So real quick, uh, architects, attorneys, business consultants, cash intensive businesses, child care, daycare, construction, entertainment, farmers and fishermen, timber, ministers and clergy, oil and gas, real estate, veterinarians and the wine industry. And this is not a complete list, but you can see all the things I mentioned are very specialized things, and some of them are high. I mean, there's a lot of money, like the wine industry, for instance. You know, there's a lot of money flowing through that industry, and it's very complicated. Um, another another issue is people that report negative uh, negative income or losses year after year. The IRS is auditing them, and I just looked at some data before I came on the show at a range of five to twelve percent. Because you know, I do a lot of farm tax, so mm-hmm. you you see some farmers. You know, you could easily lose a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. Uh, the the variation in commodities, it's it's it, yeah, you it just happens all the time. Yeah. Wow. So that's a much higher rate than you know loss year over year losses is a much higher rate than. You know, it's just normal, you know, 1%, 2% or, you know, half a percent of getting audited. So, you know, report, stop lying on your taxes, people. File your taxes. Don't lie. Exactly. All right. We have got to wrap up. Sean, this was fantastic. Loved having you. And I I actually think this was brilliant. This was a brilliant idea to to come on and tell us why we shouldn't be angry about those 87,000 people. I'm not as angry anymore. I'm not either. I'm less angry. Thanks, Sean. Thanks, Cheryl. Thank you. This was fun.